It's Monday, October 25th. You're listening to the Tech Breakfast Podcast, the show that brings you delicious tech news and all the hot takes you can handle with Tyler Gates, Russ Cantwell, and Aaron Bewley. It's just me and Tyler this morning. I think Russ might join us here in a little bit, but uh, you know, the baby thing's still going on. So anyway, how you doing, Tyler? I'm doing great. Also, just PSA to everybody, the baby thing goes on for a long, long time, <laughs> like forever, That's right. <laughs> ideally, which sounds funny, but it's true. Oh, good while, good while. You have a good weekend, man? I did. We went camping again because it's camping weather season, and that's what we do like every weekend, apparently. Um, we went to Lake or, or State Park, Eisenhower State Park, uh, which is just up north outside of the DFW Metroplex. And we had an awesome site, and we did lots of climbing and exploring around um, the lake there. And we, we went out uh, on the trails and we had fires and just enjoyed ourselves. It was a proper Sweet. tent camping weekend, and it was phenomenal weather. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. All right. So nice. Let's get into it. Um, let's do a few days ago in tech history, <laughs> since there's nothing really uh, <laughs> that I saw today. So I just kind of scrolled back to the most interesting one that we haven't already covered. So this was October 22nd. You guessed the year. Photocopying invented. Okay. Oh, geez. In a, make- in a makeshift lab on the second floor of a rental house, Chester Carlson and his assistant, Otto Cornet, 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 successfully invented the process that would lead to the photocopier. Carlson had written, well, I'm not going to tell you because it had the date on it, on a, on a piece of paper. And these became the historic words that were the first photocopied. Ironically, Cornet had so little faith in the invention that within a year he quit working for Carlson and willingly gave up any claims he had on the process. Oh, however, geez. however, Carlson would later gift Cornei 100 shares of the Xerox Corporation that would yeah. eventually be worth $1 million. Right. What I was nice. going to say, because that's obviously Xerox and, and getting started there. Um, I'm going to totally screw this date up. I'm going to say like early 50s. Mm. I... I thought about it ahead of time, and I was like, dude, I have no idea what decade I would even try to pick. 1938. Oh, geez. Okay. Yeah. I I See, in my head, I was thinking 40s, 50s felt kind of right, but then I I was like, I don't know. 40s just seems early. I guess it all makes sense, though, if you think about – I don't remember when Xerox was started. Like, I'm I'm trying to rack my brain and think of, like, an image, like – xerox since you know one of those sorts of things right um but but then i would assume something like that probably predated the founding of xerox by a good bit you know five five ten years maybe even the discovery of the process before you can actually sort of build a business around it but um this might blow your mind so xerox was founded hold on let me double check my dates here was founded the same year no it was founded the same year (laughs) the guy that I was just telling you about, Chester Carlson yeah. was born. Whoa! What? Yes, 1906. Oh, so, so Xerox was around before. Yeah, the technology. Chester, what did they do before? Photocopy? I'm trying to put the pieces together here. I don't know. Chester what? Carlson was born in 1906, and uh, so he's an American physicist, inventor, and patent attorney. Born in Seattle, uh, he's best known for inventing the electro, inventing electrophotography, not the electrophotography. Uh, the process the performed today by millions of photocopiers worldwide. And then, yeah, yeah. Uh, Xerox was founded uh, in 1906 in Rochester, New York. Um, wow. Founders, right. Chester, what? This doesn't make sense. 
one of the founders is that guy who was born the same year, Chester Carlson. <laughs> Someone has some explaining to nope. do. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Not. Mm, 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 uh, mm, mm. Let's see. The other founder, <laughs> Joseph compute. Wilson, was born in 1909. Okay, something doesn't make sense. This, <laughs> this article sounds made up now. Now I don't no, trust looking at Wikipedia. It. This is all Wikipedia, wow. man. Just edit it in real time. You make up your own dates. This makes no sense. <laughs> How is it found? Okay. Unless it's like a father by the same name kind of thing. Mm, no, because I click on the names and it takes you to the people. <laughs> like it's just so, something about that is bad wrong then. I don't I look, I don't know when Xerox was founded. I certainly don't now have any idea who founded <laughs> it. No I don't sense. know what they did before photocopies, but uh, now I'm finding it hard to believe that it was anything. And it sounds like somebody needs just... to go fix Wikipedia. Uh, <laughs> it says Xerox was founded in 1906 in Rochester, New York as the Haloid Photographic Company. So that's what it must have been. It must have been something else before it came became Xerox, obviously, but it manufactured photographic paper and equipment. Okay, so it did hmm. it the, before the photocopy stuff. It was doing photographic paper and Oh, equipment. so I wonder if it was like carbon transfer paper and stuff like that where you could, you know, potentially use mechanical means to copy something i don't know i am not sure how that would work if you well the old way the existed. old way of taking photos um on photographic paper and the equipment oh, that makes sense so yeah yeah but this oh, is something that they were make selling sense. all right something doesn't yeah, make so sense because the two founders funky. were born right as oh. xerox was founded <laughs> maybe okay. they founded it in the past so what what we really should gather from this is that time travel isn't as useful as as you might think it is <laughs> because those guys nailed it and all they did was start Xerox. I was about to make a time travel joke myself and uh, <laughs> discovering that the other thing that they invented was time travel. <laughs> Which is, like I said, less valuable than I would have thought. I would expect <laughs> to see their names on a lot more cool technology if it was more useful than that. Or maybe it was, maybe it's just boring and they're weird people. <laughs> okay. let's move away from 1906 when those two founders were born and xerox was <laughs> was founded uh what do we have for today it's now october 25th 2021 any exciting news do you want to talk about any android stuff or google play things or google exciting. devices all the stuff i know whoa, nothing whoa, about whoa. because i'm well, on an apple device my or pixel what? should come today so i'm excited about that and it will come with android 12 on it which i know very little about because i usually just wait to get those things before i play with them and figure it out mm -hmm. um but i'm sure there will be some like okay what cool features should i be aware of right now um android 12 does look good too bad russ isn't on i think he got himself early access to that with his uh of course existing pixels and so he's he's probably already toyed around with it a bit um it looks like it's a pretty significant user interface update so lots of customization which i mean to be fair that's kind of how android has worked for a long time it's always had more sort of widget and flexibility to do whatever you want you can always add yeah. launchers and things so um maybe it's just that it's baked in it's probably a little more fluid and and functional because google's doing it out of the box um but oh, i this is did. cool what sorry i'm reading ahead Tell me. uh you can you can do scrolling screenshots so let's say you okay, want to screenshot so a whole article picture off on the right that that actually that's a, a big deal for me only for people that aren't me 
if that makes sense. I would love everyone what? in my circle to have access to scrolling screenshots because I've been sent like, you know, printouts <laughs> oh, yeah. of articles and stuff like that like that are like yeah. completely unreadable. This sounds like it would solve that problem and I'd be great. Yeah. But if I can, if so I can do like... scrolling screenshots, it's not nearly as valuable as if people can send me scrolling screenshots. Yeah, well, it should help. <laughs> it, it looks pretty user friendly. Whenever you, if you're reading an article, you take That's a cool. uh, take a screenshot, hit the buttons on the side or whatever it is that you do in Android, um, and then it zooms out and it shows you the full article and it prompts you to drag down yeah, and that's move awesome. the screenshot as much as you want. Yeah, that and I've been a fan cool. of the way that that Android screenshotting and the sort of immediate editing features, which I'm not actually positive if the way that I edit now is is an Android native feature. If it's something that Samsung overlaid, it could be a combination of both as well. But it's it's pretty easy, it's pretty slick, it's pretty fast. Um, you know, there's just a button pairing that takes a quick shot and then it's very easy to sort of crop it the way you want to real quick. I I gotta assume that uh Apple has something similar, but that cool that cow. is pretty cool. There's some cool stuff coming in this man. So in Android 12 they also have um when you download a game you can immediately start playing it. You can jump into games without needing to That's wait for the cool. full download to finish. So it's like doing a uh, doing like an intelligent backup restore kind of a deal, right? Weird. And restore yeah. the restore or, the files you need first. Leveraging what they use for some of the remote streaming for like Stadia. It, I wonder yeah. if it's stuff like that. Like they're basically just gonna they're gonna start the app somewhere else. They're gonna stream it to you while it downloads, and then they're but but still that's super impressive. So they, that they feed you the data that you over need once first. it's there. Yeah, yeah that's, that's awesome. Wild. Oh, and they finally caught up with Apple on this one. Here you go. Um, <laughs> Wi-Fi credential sharing is getting a whole lot easier. So ah, you cool. Find that old sticky note. You just um, with nearby share was what it's called. Look, capital that's N, nice. capital S. So that's the name of the feature. Just open your Wi-Fi settings, select your network you want, and tap share. So with uh, within within iOS, if um, if you're trying to join a Wi-Fi network and somebody within your contacts that's near you already has access to it, then it'll just prompt, it'll put up a pop-up on their screen to share it with you. That's great. And I, I'm not, not going to lie, like the, I know it was a bit tongue in cheek, your joke about Apple having that feature. And, and it's always right. funny to me <laughs> when Apple was. doesn't have a feature that Android's had forever or, or Android doesn't have a feature that Apple's had forever because something like this specifically is surprising because on Android devices, the the fluidity of adding like an Alexa or a Google device or or lots of technology to your Wi-Fi networks it's it's pretty it's pretty fluid but it's not it's not super clean right and I don't think it's I don't think this will make those sorts of processes super super easy either because there's you still need some security right like the mm -hmm. just just saying yeah okay I got this share share the the uh, the um, the Wi-Fi is maybe maybe not that approachable for 100% of IoT devices, as an example. But I feel like when I've purchased um, Google devices, things like Chromecasts, bridging them into your network, or uh, you know, like Amazon devices, when you already have an Amazon device and you've got a, a phone um, that's on the Wi-Fi already, like it can share pretty easily on that platform, and I guess what I'm getting at is they seem to have been so close for so long 
why why was it so difficult to allow sharing from yeah. my phone to your phone when when it feels like you've got all these other features that already basically work that way it, it just seems odd to be coming this late yeah uh it also looks like the added one here's another one that apple's had uh, basically unused apps so it removes it intelligently removes apps to help free up space in your device well, that's interesting because uh, Samsung already does that as well. So they must have overlays. And I'm, I'm wondering if that's the answer, right? Like mm-hmm. Google on an Android device is doing certain things from a Wi-Fi sharing perspective and they're doing it with certain devices and it's good enough. So why bother putting the effort into it? Or like the example you just gave, I, my, my phone gives me those recommendations already, but it must not be Android native that's giving those recommendations. It must be uh, part of Samsung's overlay. Yeah. And so, so the I wonder if it's an ecosystem thing or it's like, eh, everybody's already kind of doing this on their own. Who cares? Um, seems odd still, like like I said, that it that it's been around, it's been that that close, but maybe they didn't want to license it, maybe they didn't think it was necessary. I don't know. That's it's interesting. Yeah. Oh, here's another one, man. Um, so iOS added this in the most so I think 14. So they just released 15, but you can now see when an app is using your microphone or camera thanks to a new indicator in your phone's status bar. Oh, nice. So uh, iOS does a, they've got a yellow button if an app is using your microphone and a green mm-hmm. not button, but a, a little like dot at the top of the, the screen. Yeah, I like that. So you can see if, you're, if your mic or your, your camera is active. Um, I think with so. all our um, security issues right now, stuff like that's mm-hmm. great. But I'm, I'm always curious if somebody found an exploit that gave them, you know, remote access to your camera, they can probably also disable the yellow dot. <laughs> yeah. See, the, there were some conversations around that initially. I don't know if, I mean, sure but it, it might possible, be just one more yeah. thing that's difficult to do. Like you could have an yeah. app that you've given access to your camera, but the yellow light is more secure subsystem stuff that it just because that's they have right. access to the camera doesn't mean that. I mean, I get that, but, yeah. but I would think it, it Put it this way, at least there's one more hurdle. So cool. Right, exactly. And well, and here's another iOS one too that, so Android adds this that uh, iOS does not have, um, but it allows, uh, where is it, where is it? You can completely disable these sensors using two new toggles and quick settings, simply flip the switch. So you can just turn, even if you're in an app where you've allowed microphone or camera, you can just disable oh, those nice. sensors completely. That I like um, a quick lot. Settings. Yeah. yeah, that's fantastic. That That's going to be nice because there are certain situations where it's just, uh, you know, like you, the app needs access to your microphone, but you know what you're doing with it doesn't need any microphone access anymore. Yeah. Being able to just disable it as soon as it's done. That perfect example is when you're bringing in a, a new IoT device from some third-party vendor, you want to scan a QR code instead of going through some other alternative, highly manual process. As soon as I take that QR code, I don't want that app to have access to my camera ever right because mm-hmm. i it's not an app that needs that it just needs it for setup so that's actually that's pretty cool i'll probably use that a good bit well this is neat too uh so when you change your wallpaper the entire android 12 experience changes to match its colors no, so it changes the cool. theme yeah with a little so, ai like it looks at it and yeah, says these it, are the this is the palette let's match it because that would yep, be awesome. it says advanced color extraction algorithms and ah, a gorgeous yeah. material you design yeah easily personalized cool. look and feel based on the uh yeah including lock screen notifications settings widgets and even apps that's pretty cool i'm i'm, I'm on, gonna yeah. dig that this is this will be 
thing because my my pixel is supposed to ship today i don't know that it's actually gonna show up today um i think it's just supposed to ship today but um i i have been using this phone for so long that an interface change is probably going to be a little jarring um and one of the biggest changes i actually would expect i can almost immediately just go back to is that i i picked up an app that changes all of the icons uh called lines and it it makes all of my app icons just white lines so so they don't have color they're very dim which is nice because okay. i use dark background it just turns it into like a it's like an enhanced dark mode package of icons simplification for of applications the app, yeah app icon, so, it just so, simplifies it yeah yeah it, it, it literally takes like a plex logo right which is just a simple yellow arrow with the word plex underneath it well it makes that yellow arrow just a white outline of the yellow arrow that's it like that's the whole okay. app uh google authenticator is a g with you know kind of like a it looks like codification along the g and i don't even know what its colors are out of the box because in lines it's, it's just lines with the, yeah it, everything everything is just as simple and then ones that are not um yeah, it's a white I, background I assume with gray logo. Not, not popular enough. Well, and that's so some of them, um, I think if they're not that popular, then the the app lines must just take it and grayscale the image, right? So like my workspace one um, application icon, it's not actually lines. It's a white circle with uh, grayscale stuff in the middle, which I know should be, you know, greens and blues and stuff like that. But but I've gotten really used to it. Like Twitter's just a white outline of the bird. There's no color to it, mm -hmm. and and it just it it goes back to my background, so it, they're all transparent. Um, and I'm just used to it. I like the way it looks. I, I like that it's you know black and white all the time, and that it's very simple and easy to pick out. And I can use a dark background, and uh, and it just saves battery life. So I'm cool. not sure I'm going to need that on a new phone, but. Anyway, awesome. all that to say, it sounds like some cool features, but I wonder how yeah. jarring it's going to be for somebody that's been using, you know, basically the dumbest downed version of an interface for a while. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. All right, cool. Um, let me see. Let me throw let me throw two other things out here real quick that are totally random. Um, but Kieran just dropped um, a, uh, a good today in tech history that I did not realize. But apparently Windows XP was released 20 years ago today. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. So XP, pour one out for XP. Please. I I enjoyed XP. That was a great one. That was a great one. Okay. Um, also, completely random. Completely random. Uh, but for those of y'all that listen, and I think there's there's some. Um, I texted Chad Sakach. Um, for those of y'all worldwide that don't know him, just hang on for twenty seconds. Asking him, hey, when are you announcing what you're up to? He said, just a little bit longer. It's very early stage. More work needs to be done. So hold on to that. Because um, I know there's a bunch of y'all listeners that know him and we're curious about what he's doing. Yeah, I'm, I'm super eager to know what, what brought him back in. It must be really interesting because I think he's been really enjoying being a lumberjack up in Canada. And mm -hmm. uh, so some, somebody must have had a pretty enticing offer, which if I, if I can speak Chad for a minute, it would be like super fun tech choppy stuff because that's yep. totally his thing <laughs> Alrighty, uh what else we got here man 
Uh, so I, I don't think we talked about this at all, but um, Snap uh, was absolutely crushed last week on the heels of their Q3 earnings report because they missed their ad revenue expectations. They dropped 22%. It sent ripples throughout uh, sort of the social Snapchat. media. Yeah. yeah. Um, Snap. Yeah. Sorry. Snap. Snap is the. No, it's fine. The I mean, I think ticker, those in the know, maybe the base. Yeah. those that use it call it Snap. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you're no, that's, on the financial side of it, you understand it as Snap. Right. Otherwise, you may understand the app as Snapchat. Snapchat. Yeah, it is Snapchat. And so their shares dropped 22% after their their earnings came out. Again, they missed uh, advertising revenue. And basically what they said is advertising business was hit harder than expected by Apple's privacy change. You know, the... the Thanks, Apple. Exactly. Well, see, and what's what's really interesting (laughs) about this to me uh, is a couple of things. One, their average users, daily average users, actually was up significantly, right? So they had they had up 306 million from 293 the prior quarter. So they grew, but just because of Apple's policy changes, mm-hmm. their revenue was impacted substantially, and it crushed them. Then on top of that, oh, basically yeah. every other social 64%. media, every other social media platform basically took a hit. And and what's interesting about this, and and I love you know the way that Russ approaches this, but Apple Apple's not being particularly good to you, a user, right? They are just keeping all of the shells in their bucket, right? Correct. They're still doing all of this crop app, cross app uh, gathering of data, mm-hmm. and and this is a really sort of acute, uh, I guess, impact of what they did. They just limited a third party's ability to make money in advertising on the platform right so they could do it mm-hmm. <laughs> which which screams monopolistic behavior i think in a lot of cases and i think i think it's going to bring more scrutiny it'll be really interesting to see who else and how badly they get hit right because twitter and facebook and um a few other uh social media um you know, heavily advertised uh, or, or ad- advertising revenue, you know, based platforms, they got they got hit not not as bad as Snap, but on the heels of that, because people are expecting their, um, you know, revenues to have been su- substantially impacted, too. So yeah. it, it's really interesting like that. That change from Apple is going to be a very significant financial impact to a lot of companies, I think. And this is just sort of the beginning of that. So it'll be neat to see where it goes. Yeah. I have you ever been on Snap? I've never used it. I don't even I understand haven't. the platform. Okay. I don't know. I, well, I mean I, I've seen it. I, yeah. I it's the same way I interact with TikTok, which is that content that ends up on Snapchat or TikTok, I see ported Elsewhere. basically to other applications. Yeah. I don't use TikTok. Same. Um, but I see yeah, so, TikTok. <laughs> I see yeah. it on Reddit. I see it come through on, on other platforms. T- I Twitter, see that, right? but I don't see I don't see Snap content i don't even know what like the interface would look like i don't have any concept of that if i'm but anyway or yeah go ahead at least at the beginning snapchat was designed to be ephemeral so you can't you don't create content on snapchat or in snapchat that is intended to be shared across other platforms because it's it's designed to go away anyways so So the advertisement permanent link to it 
Yeah, because I imagined it like Signal is, but with just kind of disappearing messages or videos or something. But if I had to guess, and again, this is somebody that doesn't use Snapchat, so I'm totally guessing here, is that it's probably more like Instagram than it is like, uh, you know, a WhatsApp or a Signal, Mm -hmm. is my guess. It's it's like a it's a it's a temporary, you know, almost picture based meme meme like. Uh, Instagram. That would be my guess. I don't know. Maybe yeah, I should yeah. use it. Get off my lawn. <laughs> yeah, just just test it out. Test it out. Uh, I certainly have no interest in it. But anyway, Snap, TikTok, and YouTube execs are apparently going to testify at an October 26th Senate hearing. That's tomorrow about mm. social media's impact on children convened by Senators Blumenthal and Blackburn. Oh, I saw this. Yeah. Yeah. I see what that is. Man, I just want to see the summary at the end because uh, at the right. last like six interesting hearings where all the right people were in the room and legislators were supposed to ask questions were such a just a crap show of not understanding how any of this works and totally failing to ask the right questions or or even understand the answer when the answer was given. Like yeah. it it's just sad and and I just Watching those hearings has been so cringeworthy for me that mm-hmm. I just can't take it anymore. Yeah. One of the one of the senators said recent revelations about harm to kids online show that big tech is facing its big tobacco moment, a moment of reckoning. I don't think yeah. so. I don't I yeah. don't think so at all. Right. I don't yeah. think they know how to even identify whether or not what the platform is doing is harmful directly and right. By choice, because yes. that like that's the difference here is that when you when you compare something like this to to cigarettes, it's not just how harmful is the content because it, it might be it might be even worse than a cigarette, right? But sure. we knew or know now at the you know the end of all of the sort of big tobacco hearings that they knew what they were doing was harmful and they knew what they were doing was addictive and they targeted youth anyways. Right. And it, it may, might be true. It might totally be true that the goal of these platforms is to get youth addicted to a platform early. And they know that, oh, absolutely. that content is harming them, right? But I think it's going to be a lot harder to prove that. Because it's a lot yeah. harder to prove that a platform is dangerous inherently and that they know it's dangerous and they're doing it anyways. So, yeah. And the top article on TechMeme right now, internal documents show Facebook is struggling to attract American users under the age of 30, with U.S. teenage users declining by 13% since 2019. And if they're struggling with it now, it means that they're going to be more aggressive about trying to do the things that maybe are sketchy to to get kids to use it. And so even if it's not being done today, it will be tomorrow. And I find it hard to believe that it's not being done today too, right? Which either means they're walking the fine line and they're not crossing it. Well, it's hope, right? But it's Facebook, mm-hmm. so probably not. Um, or or they just haven't figured out how to, uh, you know, just aggressively jump over that fuzzy space. <laughs> what in the world? Wikipedia says Snap was, was started, founded in 1906 as well. Okay, something's up here. Something is up yeah. with 1906. I'm just I don't Sorry. think. You know, Lame attempted a joke to bring that back around. Ha ha ha! Hey, ha, so here's here's terrible. an interesting one. Once again, what? Facebook total bad look. Apparently, they were fined seventy million dollars by UK regulators for deliberately withholding information related to the uh, antitrust investigation of its uh, uh, oh, Giphy or Giphy acquisition. Giphy acquisition, and uh, and it's like, dude, you 
like even in the legal context where it's not just I, I don't I just I don't have the words to describe how yeah. badly they have botched just the yes. relationship with public trust <laughs> every awful. day every day for the past yeah every day it's crazy it's crazy and now they're talking about doing a rename which is apparently maybe supposed to be announced <laughs> like, this week or something i like the suggestion for the memes yeah i like i like the great. suggestions in the tvp chat e corp f corp <laughs> f book <laughs> you face much, you face Oh man! Oh man! Um, you know what? Oh, though, it, it, what's it, what'll be interesting yeah. is is if the public opinion of Facebook does change once they shed the baggage of Facebook, because Facebook is a bad word at this point. It's just yeah. ugly. But yeah. the only way that's going to work is if they make substantial effort, stride, and changes to how yeah. they do business and how they interact Correct. with the public at the same time. So change the Correct. name, but then also stop being a jackass. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Uh, we'll um, okay, so we were talking about some of the features in Android 12. Um, I put one of my systems on Windows 11, and it's this one that we're talking on right now. There's a little notification in the lower right-hand corner. It says, hey, heads up, Telegram desktop version 3.1.8 is using your microphone. Well, it's kind of cool. Um, see more uh, more privacy stuff like that, like we were talking about. So it's neat. It's neat. And I can probably interact with it and shut it off, but I don't want to do that while we're recording. That's a cool little notification down there. Are you on Windows 11 at all yet? Nope, not yet. Um, yeah, I'm, that's I've, cool. I like I don't, it. I'm not even sure I care, but yeah. I won't like, fine, great, update. Yeah. I don't, I just, the way that I use my computers, I don't think a Windows update is going to be uh, hugely beneficial or annoying, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I, I don't know. I'm not excited about it, but I welcome the future of Windows, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Um, it one of the one of the things well. I noticed big though, right as I um, moved to it, was the Xbox Game Pass thing that they were pushing mm -hmm. hard. Right, definitely going after Epic, definitely going after Steam. Um, I mean, gaming is it? Excuse me, gaming is a huge thing uh, and constantly growing. And that was that was like right, you know, kind of in your face, right as you update to Windows 11. So it auto launches. That's it's cool. like big in the screen. So. Those those are the kinds of things, um, like, n no joke, The those are the kinds of things that I, I, I'm so surprised that Windows and Microsoft just seemed to totally miss the mark. Like, they had the platform and the baseline to execute better than most of these companies, and they just botched it. Yeah. I mean, they they made attempts. They they purchased uh, Xbox is hugely popular. Uh, they start obviously Windows is still one of the most popular gaming platforms. I mean, not compared to mobile. We all know that mobile went crazy, right? But um, they they've had the baseline to capture these marketplaces, and they have just been so unable to do it. In my opinion, it's fascinating to me. So it's not surprising at all that they're making strides. Uh, who maybe maybe they're finally bringing it together. I mean, I have noticed that with uh, the Xbox Game Pass and some of the cross-platform stuff, that that it's definitely a little more stitched together um, across the sort of gaming ecosystem that they've built. They're trying to tie together, you know, PC gamers and and Xbox gamers, and so they they get both of those crowds. I'm sure, but I, I it just it baffles me that Microsoft has had so much trouble capturing that in a meaningful way. Um, 
it'll yeah. be neat, neat to see where it goes. But I, I guess at this point, it's like you're moving so slow. Who cares? Yeah. Did you catch that the um, totally unrelated, but just trying to get through several of these topics before we run out yeah. of time here? Did you no, catch no, that okay. the MacBook Pro notch was uh, was a thing in the launch, like the the notch that iOS users deal with on the iPhone? I, I, I remember hearing the it with the notch. Pro? But it means nothing to me. I just know yeah. that people got excited about it, right? Um, and and I I so as someone who knows very little about the the issue with the notch and very little about what is or isn't in a MacBook Pro, I did find it hilarious when people started talking about it because I just remember it being a thing on the iPhones. It's, <laughs> so, yeah, it's introducing it to on. the introducing yeah. it to the, the laptops is just. That blows my mind. It was like, of course, I I thought it was a joke. I thought it was a meme article or something. So but no, funny. It's so, real. so, so funny. MacBook Pro has a notch on it. All right. Um, dude, what else? What else? What else? Uh, there's some cool games coming out soon. I don't know how many of our listeners are gamers. Um, for, uh, Horizon. Forza Horizon 5 is coming out November 9th, which will be the latest in the Forza series. Age of Empires 4 is coming out in three days, October 28th. Uh, Call of Duty Vanguard, November 5th, uh, mm-hmm. Battlefield 2042, November 19th, going on there. Wow. Halo, yep, Halo Infinite, December 8th, and then um, one of my daughter's favorites, uh, Slime Rancher 2. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if y'all have ever played Slime Ranchers. It's a, it's a funny little game, but anyway, um, big gaming season coming up, so you planning on playing any of those? Uh, I hope so. Um, I, some of those are interesting. I don't know enough about what they did with Age of Empires. I mean, I, I remember playing that a long, long time ago, but I haven't spent as much time playing games lately, uh, with the exception of you got me into Splitgate, which I'm enjoying thoroughly. And um, Halo, obviously, that's that harkens back to uh, gaming that I really got into. I never got into the um, Call of Call Duty... Of Duty. Yeah, or or either. Battlefield. Um, I did get into but, Battlefield back, in but the day. I've heard they're really fun. And if they're so uh, if they're better than Splitgate, you know, for a hot second, then then maybe I'll enjoy. Well, it's it. just different. Know. It's just different. Yeah, I, I, I played a lot of uh, Battlefield two and four. Um, so, but the new ads on Battlefield twenty forty two are just insane. But going they back to good. AOE four, I've always, always enjoyed Age of Empires. Um, but it says it'll let explorers, sorry, players explore history once more. The campaign set across eight civilizations across history, cool. from Joan of Arc against the English to Genghis Khan and his conquest of Asia. You'll need to build cities, manage your resources, and lead your troops into battle, both on land and at sea. There are four distinct campaigns with thirty five missions spanning over five hundred years of history, from the Dark Ages to the Renaissance. That actually sounds really cool. And and I, I'll, I'll say this. Um, I always used to really enjoy like the single player campaign driven real time strategy games. And it has been a long time since a good one has released. Mm-hmm. Um, those are great because you can spend 20 minutes, play one level and and then set it down and come back. And there's it's it's still enjoyable. Right. You don't. Yeah. I feel like most of the first person shooters and those other games that we were talking about, you, if you're not playing them often then it's not as fun because everyone you're playing with is just going to trounce you and the levels change and and the balance changes and and so it's it's kind of you like you have to play it a good bit the real-time strategies 
similar if you're going to go multiplayer and be competitive, but you don't have to do it that way. Like single player games are a thing in that world. And and I have not had a good one in a long time. So I'll, I'll probably try to get my hands yeah. on that and play it. What's in, There's an interesting um, Wired article that talks about it saying, can a video game be historically accurate? And the team is trying to, uh, trying to make it as accurate as possible. But cool. they said, we're always struggling with the impact of authenticity and the abstraction of that on authenticity into gameplay. Uh, huh. For example, I guess there's, so it's inaccurate in areas as the Mongols uh, spread from the Genghis Khan era um, into building cities and fortifications because they're able to pack up on wagons and relocate across the map or something in this, in the, sorry, the Mongols in Age of Empires 4 are nomadic. And I guess they weren't or something like that. I don't know. The, the article gets into it, but it dives into, it, it seems like a pretty interesting article. If you want to check it out, I'm going to drop it in the, uh, the tech breakfast telecom telegram, uh, chat, but it, it addresses like, you know, <laughs> what it gets into a whole bunch of, um, thing like, things like uh yeah. historical events like um well whatever sorry certain battles and stuff like i guess yeah. I, you know for me it's cool that they're trying um I, I don't get the impression that anyone making a video game that is attempting to be somewhat historically accurate is going to like stand up and say hey play this instead of reading a history book right it's mm -hmm. it is a fun way to make it a little more immersive but i it's just not hard for me to you know, suspend my disbelief that that it could have been like this. I, I mean, the fact that you're sitting in here and you're influencing it in some way is enough to completely break historical accuracy. I think yeah. that's pretty obvious, right? So you can structure it, but you you still have to. Gameplay's got to win. Right. If if you can't take a, like imagine playing like a, something like a, a Spartans, you know, the the three hundred, and and having a situation where it didn't feel like you won, even though you have to lose, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'd be a terrible right. game. So, yeah. so they have to they have to bend it a little bit. So, yes, and that's what that's what the article was talking about a little bit is not letting history spoil the game as well, but also being yeah, historically exactly. relevant because right. you have you have kids that are playing this and thinking, oh, this is how history was, well, right? But so, <laughs> so. Which is silly. Like, don't, I yeah, don't know. Yeah. That, that seems like a, an obnoxious way to approach something like that. Like, it's not a teaching game, unless it was meant to be a teaching game. That's different. But those games right. aren't going to be as fun because then they have to be more accurate than they are fun. <laughs> yes. Well, and that's just the balance that the article talks yeah. about, right? They're not trying yeah, to make enough. it a teaching game. But yeah, they're also good. trying to not make it not historically yeah. accurate but they also don't want history to ruin yeah 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 uh, just, you have to lean into gameplay so the the gameplay has to win out over the historical accuracy and i for me it's just fine it's the same reason i enjoy you know space balls i don't i don't have to deal with the fact that explosions in space are not a thing it's mm -hmm. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you can handle Need it. Need it to be technically accurate. So yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, what else should we touch on before we shut down? Uh, oh, there's and, a comment in the chat here. Oh, oh, Aaron oh, Zook listening in today. He says Notch isn't a huge deal. Essentially, sits in the middle of menu bar that had unused Lies. space anyway. Lies. Mm. I can tell it's a lie already. Yeah. Is anybody defending something that gets that? I'm just kidding. I, that's, Darren, you're going to have to come I, off mute to defend yourself if you me. want. Otherwise, you're wrong. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible, but he's not wrong. Uh, no, I got nothing else. In fact, I need to go take care of my bebes. I got okay. I got the kids alone this week. My wife's out of town, and I'm going to have tons of fun. I took the week off so that I could do that in the 
most dad like ever. And, uh, and oh, you so have the week off eating into kid time. I did. I took the week nice. off so that I could do kid things. Good we're for gonna you, have man. all kinds of fun, and we're gonna go out and do parks and probably break some stuff in the shop, and it's gonna be fun. Sweet. All right, dude. Yep. Take it easy. Peace. That brings another Tech Breakfast podcast to a close. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening in. Thanks for sharing with your friends and subscribing to our show. We'll talk to you soon. Take it easy.